You may be seated. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Oh, and Merry Christmas. Can't forget that today. We saw the first signs of it in early November. Trinkets went up on store shelves. Decorations went up next. Pretty soon we saw lights and trees and inflatables in all the stores, and even the cups at Starbucks changed. Signs of the preparation we do for today. Christmas Day. And it's here. It's here in all its glory, all the merriment and well wishes, the caroling and the carols we love so much have all led to today. All that preparation we have done for at least the last month has all led to today. But I ask you, what exactly are you prepared for today? Is your home prepared with lights and decorations? A tree? Are you prepared to host loved ones and family members this year? Or preparing to drive to let someone else host you? Whatever it may be, whatever we've prepared for on Christmas Day, there is almost one thing I can be certain that all of us have prepared to do. We have all prepared to give, to give gifts. And some of us like to give gifts with a little bit of a personal touch. And others of us like to give the same thing year after year because that's our thing and quite frankly, it makes it a lot easier when it comes to picking out what to get. And some of us like to give gifts that last not just for a little while, but for the whole year. Yet, I ask you, in this season of giving, the season of charity and kindness, where we think finally not just about ourselves, but a little bit about others, the season where we're told we need to give back to those who are less fortunate, to our community, the season we show the ones we love just how much we love them. In all that preparation, have you prepared to receive today? Because it may make us feel good to give gifts at Christmas, but today is much more about what you get than what you give. Today is much more about what you receive for your benefit what you get on Christmas Day. Yes, I just said the spirit of Christmas, what we're so often told is the season of giving, the true beauty of this holiday, that this is a time to think of others and not what we ourselves are going to get. That is dead wrong. Now, I'm not saying that giving is wrong. I want to be clear. And I'm certainly not saying that giving presents at Christmas is wrong. I love to give presents at Christmas. Wrap them, not so much. But give them, yes. But today is much more about what you receive. Receive what we read of in our gospel lesson today, John 1. Receive our King. Receive the one who was and is and is to come, the one who was with God in the beginning. Receive the one who is God. Receive the word made flesh and dwelling 
among us. And that word is Jesus. That's whom we read of in John, in whom we find the light of men, light that shines through the darkness of our sin, the corruption of our flesh. That is the true spirit of Christmas. That is what you get on Christmas Day. That's who was born for you on Christmas Day. That is your Christmas present. See, for John, it was never about the shepherds or a manger. It was always about the Christ. The Christ born to a virgin. The Christ that was the promise delivered to God's people they had been so eagerly waiting for. It's a gift that exceeded all expectation. And it's a gift that has nothing to do with our giving. Nothing to do with what we give others and not even anything to do with what we give to God on Christmas. It's a gift that is all about what we get. Because it's a Christmas present that of our own merit, of our own doing, we could never hope to deserve, no matter how well we give at Christmas time. This is why the word Christ Jesus became flesh and dwelt among us, the one who was promised to God's people, the children of Israel, the Christ who would bring, pre, who would bring peace on earth. On Christmas, we recognize it as a day in which God put his plan of salvation in place, and that plan of salvation is Jesus. In the flesh, dwelling amongst the very people he came to save. It's a plan that is summarized in John's gospel, in chapter 1 of John's gospel, verse 14 to be exact, where we read, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. I've talked a little bit about what it means that the word became flesh. But what does John mean that he has seen his glory? Today we celebrate the birth of Christ. And there is certainly glory in that. Glory to God in the highest, but it's also that same highest glory that we give to God on Palm Sunday as we read of Jesus entering Jerusalem for his death. And it's the same highest glory that we see on Good Friday and then again on Easter. See, for John, In his gospel, the gospel for Christmas Day, there's no mention of a manger, no mention of a stable, no mention of a star, or even a silent night. No, John's focus is not on how the Christ was born, but on who was born on Christmas Day. He makes no mention of shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night, but rather mentions a lamb. The Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. 
The focus and the pageantry of Christmas for John is not that Jesus was born upon a midnight clear or in a little town of Bethlehem. No, the glory of Christ that John saw was a glory that was smitten, stricken, and afflicted. A glory that he literally saw hanging on a tree, hanging on the cross for you. That's what John means when he says he has seen his glory. Because the glory of God is not only in the birth of the Savior, but the glory of God is in the revelation of the word, in the revelation of the Savior, in the revelation of Christ, in the revelation of Jesus. When we think of God's glory, we're often tempted to think of those stories from Scripture that we know so well. Glory in the parting of the Red Sea. Glory in the calming of a storm on the Sea of Galilee with just a single command. Or even the glory of when Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead four days after he died. But nowhere is God's glory more clearly seen than on a cross. As God himself dies for sinners, dies for you, so that as a result, we might have life. It's a result that is final. It's a result that is definitive. It's a result that defeats sin, death, and the devil, and it's a result that doesn't just come to us on Christmas Day, but every day. It's a result that calls us to Christ, calls us back to God, the poor, miserable sinners that we are, not only once a year, but every day of the year. It's a gift given to you at Christmas, the one true Christmas present. It's a gift that gives you the right to be called the children of God. And as John says in his epistle, and so you are. It's a gift that allows us to echo what John says in John 1.14, that we too have seen his glory. And what a glorious gift that glory is to all who believe in the holy name of Jesus this blessed Christmas morn. Amen. We now rise for the hymn of response.